All right, welcome to Talk Jitsu with host Uki Mike, Joy Bresky, and me, Jordan Pressinger from Jordan Teacher Jitsu. Today we don't have Joey, instead, we have uh, Kieran Lefebvre, uh, all the way down from Australia, which is super exciting. And uh, yeah, so I guess let's just get started. How's your experience? Oh, first off, let me just uh, paraphrase why he's here. He's uh, here to help with the theory course, uh, fix, uh, finishing that. And uh, it's been a lot of work. It's like uh, a lot more than we kind of expected. And um, yeah. You know, it's been a lot of writing. We've been writing scripts for a whole week, just making sure everything is like good to go. We're still not done. We haven't filmed anything yet, but we have a we have we have over a week ahead that we can do it. So, yeah, the theory course is going to be insane. I'm super excited for everyone to see it. I think it's going to help their jiu a lot. So, um, yeah, with that said, uh, Kieran, what's your experience been like so far in Canada and working with me? And uh, yeah, how's it been? Yeah. So, well, first and foremost, Canada is a lot colder than Australia. The- just pointing out the obvious from the from the outset, coming from the middle of summer in Australia to like there literally being snow and ice on the ground. So that was that was a bit of a shock. Um, but and one thing I have noticed that I didn't expect about Canada, like I knew about it, but I didn't realize how much it would like throw me for a loop. Was that everything's in French and English? Yeah. And I mean, for, for someone that lives in Canada, it, it would be second nature. It's just, you know, the way things are, but it's just so interesting to me. So weird that everything has English and then immediately French in like this, the same sort of like uh, text font and everything. So it, it's, yeah. it's for some reason, my brain is automatically going to try and read the French first and I always get confused. Maybe it's just me, but yeah. well, without talking shit about people from Quebec, so I want to do that, but I, it, it kind of makes no sense to me because in Ontario, everything has to be in English and French. But as far as I'm aware, everything in Quebec does not need to be in English. Correct. So is that really uh fair? You know, like, I don't know. I think everyone in Ontario knows how to speak uh, English. I, or the for the majority for sure. And one thing that was really kind of dumb is I told Kieran this too is that um, there was a ty- there's a children's Tylenol shortage, right? And um, they brought they imported some from the U.S., but they couldn't give it to anyone because it was only in English. So like guys, like we speak English, we're good to go, you know. And, and I think people that are French can just you know. I think they'll be all right. You know, so the, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I was really frustrating because, you know, my kids are really sick and it's like, I just need some Tylenol for them. And yeah, yeah, it's like really the regulations yeah. that they have for that. Yeah. Don't get me started about Canadian politics. I can, <laughs> yeah, I can complain uh, all day. Isn't that ironic? The Australian comes on and we start talking about Canadian politics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. yeah. Like stare in the pot here. Just. Well, they're both super uh, similar in the sense that, um, yeah, we don't want to talk about COVID, but they took very similar approaches. With yeah, they did. You yeah. guys are more hardcore, I think, yeah. but we were very hardcore too, right? Yeah. We were shut down four times here in the gym. And yeah. uh, there was a point when we, if we were to leave our house, it was only to go get groceries mm-hmm. or medication or doctor's appointments. Yeah. Other than that, we could be fined. I believe it was $500 or something like that, even yeah. though we know police and they did not want to enforce that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the thing. It's, it was definitely a tough spot for the police and, you know, like yeah. the individuals yeah. themselves. And, yeah, but yeah, we'll talk about COVID one day, but uh, not on this day. But uh, yeah, definitely, it's been, you know, probably the worst time to come to Canada in the sense that it's, uh, you know, it's winter. Yeah. But not only is it winter, it's just like really wet and kind of gross right now. And you, you definitely, okay, what we're planning on doing too is doing a Canada camp. And uh, yes. Yeah, which is a lot, gonna be a lot of fun. Big announcement. <laughs> yeah, we might as well announce it now. It's gonna be in the summer, which, uh, you know, summer in, in, in Ontario where we live is like pretty nice. It's pretty uh, warm. It's like, 
uh, probably like 30 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit for, um, you know, the Americans out there. And one thing I want to state this or mention too is really dumb is that in Canada, we go outdoor temperatures, we talk about Celsius, but indoor we do Fahrenheit. That is dumb. Yeah, yeah that is dumb. So, <laughs> it, yeah, I think it's because all thermostats are from the U.S. So it's all like, it's, it's pre-programmed to be Fahrenheit. But um, yeah, I guess we should talk about jiu <laughs> <laughs> Not just the difference between Canada and Australia, I guess, but um, yeah. Well, so, one thing, uh, one thing I, was, I thought is really funny that the audience might find interesting is that um, you know the first. So I bring Kieran home. I pick him up from the airport, rather bring him yeah. to the gym. It's super late. It's two a.m. and the first thing we do <laughs> is roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've just gotten off like a fucking twenty-eight hour transit time flights. Rock up to the gym, we're like all G'd up. You're giving me the grand yeah. tour, show me around, turn all the lights on. This is this, this is that. And then, John, you look at me and then you go, Want to roll? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, uh, Yeah. I've been waiting so long. Actually, you know, when I got the most excited to roll with you is when I heard on your podcast, your and Adam's predictions of how the roll would go. And, you know, I don't have an ego or. Maybe I do. I don't know. But like, because Adam was saying, which is uh, Kieran's coach, he was saying maybe Jordan's going to be surprised by his physicality. Yeah. And they're not sure how it's going to go. But I'm thinking, well, I'm pretty physical too. Yeah. I, mean, I can handle myself. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I've rolled at these like guys, like huge guys that are way stronger than me. And yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, and, I'll, and I'm a black belt too. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, he thought physicality could be a factor. So, could be. yeah. But one thing I, I will say is like, it's one thing seeing you, and I'm, I'm not here to, to suck up your ass, but it's one thing seeing your YouTube content, you rolling, you teaching, and it's pretty clear from white belt up that, oh yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about, right? It's pretty mm -hmm. obvious. It's pretty clear from your breakdowns and the quality of your content. But it's another thing to actually roll you. Yeah. I must say, it's, <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, so on one hand, I, I knew like, all shit talking aside, I knew I was going to get towed up. I knew I was going to get smashed, but I didn't know how smashed. <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty bad. You know? And um, I literally, yeah, I felt pretty fucking ragdolled. There was there was one, because we've had since I've been, not counting like the two rolls or three rolls we had the first very first night, mm -hmm. um, but since there we've rolled at least twice every day since. Yeah, exactly. So we've had nearly 10 rolls already, which yeah. is crazy. Um, but yeah, some, some have been better than others or Worse than others is, is a more appropriate way of phrasing it. And I, th I think one time you subbed me at will like five times in a row, which you could have got more, but it was like you're pacing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I just felt demoralized because I'm i difficult to submit. Welcome and, to the club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Mike, Mike's like, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I'm difficult to submit normally for for most people but man it didn't feel difficult for you at all like it wasn't it, <laughs> i mean you know i try not to have an ego but like i know my place i know i'm really good at jiu-jitsu but I've, I've been training 11 years right and like this is what i do for a living so like um you know i know that i'm yeah. high caliber and yeah, yeah, yeah. i was kind of wondering how you were feeling from like you know kind of getting tapped so repeatedly oh i love it okay good yeah no i love it like i remember like you even hit me up last night and you're like oh sorry for going like over your face i'm like yeah that yeah. wasn't even anywhere close to being over my face yeah. like and it just because you never know what uh how someone else treats jujitsu how they exactly. roll how they roll their gym what's the what's the culture like are you guys competitive do you go yeah. hard or is it more like no jujitsu is a hobby it's mostly white collar people you know or 
or whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah, yeah it is go hard. Yeah, we go pretty hard. Like, yeah. not like, you know, insanely hard. We're trying to kill each other. We definitely find the right balance between like safety and going hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I, th- I think, I think what's funny too, my prediction was true that like, our first roles would be not even, but not as bad as I, I knew that they were going to get worse and worse for you because I knew that I'm going to get more comfortable, yeah. learn your game uh, more and more substantially. Yeah. Is that, is that me? Oh, sorry, guys. I don't usually have my ringer on. That's weird. But um, yeah, sorry about that, guys. But uh, yeah, and that's kind of exactly what happened because now I'm opening up more and like just looser and more relaxed. And then even at the end of our role last night, I was kind of just messing around with you. Yeah, you got me in a fucking twist off. I was just yeah. going to ask, did you hit him with a twist off? Yeah, yeah. Did I get you in one or two? Uh, I think I got you in two. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I think you tapped me with one and on one I escaped. Possibly, possibly. And then I remember it, tapping once. And that's the first time I've ever been twisted. Yeah, I, I, people don't do twisters often. And no. this is really funny. I went to a gym once. Uh, it was their grading. And I just was in a twister mood. I twistered everyone. And um, afterwards, I guess they didn't like that. They were like, <laughs> they were like talking about, oh, this guy came in twisted. It's, it's a submission. <laughs> it's one of my nice. favorite yeah. dubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a super effective submission. And yeah, it was funny last night too. Like, you know, I was just like opening up more. And, uh, you know, I, I went to Turtle like purposely. And Kieran jumped on my back. And I stood up. And he's like trying to choke me. I'm like, I'm fine. You know, yeah. I don't know if you heard me say that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm good to go. Yeah. It's like, nothing worries me. Yeah, I will. Like, yeah, I, I get you. But I mean, fuck. It's one thing to, to turtle. If, but if I did get a, a deep grip in. Hey, what did I tell I you? Know, man. What did I tell you? I told you. Because Kieran said before we uh, ever rolled, he said, um, if I tap you on camera, you got to promise I can post it. Yeah. I'm like, if you tap me on camera, you couldn't have my house, my YouTube channel. <laughs> you, my kids. Exactly. You can do everything because I'm so confident it's not going to happen. So he's on my back and I'm thinking, shit, I'm going to give my YouTube channel if I, if I, if I tap him. Uh, uh, cameras went on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I'm like, I'm not tapping. So yeah, yeah it's funny. Audrey saw like my daughter and she's like, oh, he's on your back. It was so funny. I'm like, I let him get there, Audrey. You, know, you, didn't, you didn't see him like do everything else. 100%. Bro, bro, so many times that many, many times where he's got a fully locked in rear naked choke, and Jordan's just going, Nah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, and he's cranking exactly. as hard as he can, yeah. cannot finish him. Well, the problem with doing this is I, I mess around, and then these blue belts they think that they actually got me. Yep. I mean, he thinks he actually got my back, and it's someone else too. Uh, I think you're self aware jiu jitsu practitioner, you know, when someone is letting you work. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with an upper belt letting a lower belt work. Yeah, exactly. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's not disrespectful. It's not insulting. It, it's beneficial for both parties. Exactly. Because what, what as, as a blue, white, purple belt, do you really want your, your black belt coach to be going, bringing their A game every single time you roll? No, exactly. Like, why the fuck would you, why would you want to roll with them? Exactly. If they're trying to like sub you as many times as possible. It's also not fun to be in a black belt and just like smashing the crap out of people and not like, you know, experiencing like, you know, being in bad spots where you're thinking, oh crap, you know, you might get me right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but, but yeah, I, I did turtle 100%. Yeah, which, you literally turned away and yeah. turtled and I'm okay. like, okay, he's okay. clearly, he's clearly giving me turtle. I'm glad you're aware of that. Okay. I was I'm, I'm very aware. Yeah, okay. It was pretty obvious. We, you just sub me and then you start the, the, the reset the turtle. <laughs> it's pretty fucking yeah. obvious you're turtling. Right? Exactly. See, that's what I mean. I'm opening up more now because now it's like, okay, I see Kieran's game. I understand it now. And one thing that's really uh, interesting for the audience too, is like, um, you know, I've been talking a lot about discipline in the channel and yeah. on YouTube and yeah, and uh, in real life. And, uh, you know, something resonated with Kieran because, you know, what is the difference between someone that's, you know, a blue belt that's technical? And first of all, Kieran's a really good blue belt. And um, 
could definitely be a higher belt, no problem. But like, what's the difference between him? Because he's doing these technical things, right? And so am I, but why am I beating him so bad? It's because, well, one thing is awareness, but a lot of it is discipline, right? Mm. So like, you know, I can feel you're like unsure of where to grip on me because there's no grips available, right? Because it's not because I'm really good or anything. It's because I'm disciplined not to give up underhooks and head control, which is something that we talk about all the time or, or any grips that are going to be, um, you know, bad for me. So, you know, if, really, if you just relax and be disciplined, you can get so far in jujitsu. And, you know, I can feel you start to like, almost like uh, get more a little more reckless with your movement, not in the mm -hmm. sense of like danger, but in the sense of like making more mistakes because you're just unsure almost. And um, yeah, it's like, but it's almost like you got to slow it down too and like have that discipline not to make those mistakes, right? Because one, one example, it's like, you know, now you're trying really hard to like knee slide on me, but you're not like setting up the grips first, right? Mm -hmm. So you're just going boom, fast knee slide, but I can get my, my frame in or whatever and uh, defend against it, right? Mm -hmm. So... You know, and it's like you just need those grips, right? Because against someone has the awareness that I do, right? I'm gonna be able to figure it out. I'm gonna be able to get a, a you know, a knee shield in or whatever, maybe or turtle if I have to. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, seeing you trying to figure out what do I do against this guy. Yeah, I think my only only hope ever would be to catch you in a transition and like sink a heel hook. That's my only hope. But I gave but you, even, I gave you my leg yesterday. Like I yeah, just, I didn't have a bite. I couldn't. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't get the bite on here. If I got a bite on here, that's the only opportunity. But I mean, that would have to roll. I think we'll probably have to do one to two hundred rolls for an opportunity like that to present itself. Yeah, and then I'd have to like capitalize on the opportunity. Exactly. And you know, one thing that's interesting. Well, not interesting. It is a funny, kind of funny, but kind of sad too for Kieran. I had him in a body lock, and the dude didn't tap. He, I was a, 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 tri a body triangle. That's a body triangle in the back. I'm like, I tap everyone with this, and everyone regrets after yeah. not tapping right away. And yeah. they always learn from the first time not to hold out. But yeah. Kieran didn't know, and he held out. Now his rib hurts. So yeah, I got a, I got a rib sore. It was totally worth it. I will say it was definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't was, tap you then. At at, yeah, at that moment that I got you another. Uh, you know, so it's yeah. like. Yeah, you could just not be injured right now if you were to just tap, right? Never. Yeah, I thought yeah. I could hold out the first time too. I thought it's a body lock. I can yeah. definitely hold out. I got a decent core. Yeah. No. No. I thought I'd be shitting my guts out the next day. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, well, I got two advantages why I can do it really good. One is because I have short legs and the other is because I have strong legs. I just yeah. I'm really lucky that way. But because they're short, when it gets locked up, it's just unreal of power. And I also know how to position it. So if you're off to the side a little bit, it creates so much pressure on like the liver mm -hmm. and organs. And I know I can kill someone if I squeeze hard enough. And I don't mean that to brag. It's more like a warning. Like, don't hold out. I don't want to kill anyone. No, you know well, I mean? that's what a submission needs to do. Right? Yeah. Unless it's a joint lock, which a body lock is not a joint lock. Yeah. What is the submission designed to do? To incapacitate or kill your opponent. 100%. At the end of the day, that's what we're doing in jiu-jitsu. So if your submission cannot achieve that or a, a joint separation, joint break, then it's a shit submission. Exactly. Because it's not just pain. It's like... Suffocation. I, yeah. Suffocation. And it's yeah. just going to the organs and the organs can't take that amount of squeeze. Right. Yeah. And one thing, uh, if anyone wants any tips on how to get a, a tighter body triangle is to kind of wiggle your, um, 
uh, what, what, I guess what, what would be the like when you, like the foot that's in the in the crook of the knee, yep. like, like wiggle it, wiggle it, wiggle it, and it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to something, sometimes people are worried about like uh, ankle lock there. Yes, but um, it's actually you don't have to worry about it at all if you have a tight body triangle. If it's like not perfect, that's when the person can put the ankle lock on. Yeah, you. if it's over like the ins- if it's over the instep yeah. of your foot instead of like deep on your ankle, that's, exactly. That's when it's gonna uh, be able to dorsiflex your foot. Hundred percent ankle lock yourself the same as if you cross your feet in someone's lap that's that's what's happening there exactly so it's like because sometimes people don't really understand that and they keep trying they try to attack it or they think oh the person's not adjusting Mm. maybe they're not technical that way oh the ankle lock's gonna be there Mm. it's like no it's like if it's tight it's fine same with like you know it's funny like uh i posted that white belt mistakes video and Mm. someone they're like uh they, they were like, you know, another great mistake that white belts make is like crossing their feet on the back. And I'm like, I just politely told him, because he's not like an idiot or anything. You know, a lot of people think that it's just a myth. And I just politely told him, it's just a myth that you can't cross your feet on the back. It's actually a great thing because, you know, now you're um, uh, reinforcing your grips, right? Mm. And it's only an issue if you have it low on the lap where they can it get it. depends where you cross. Yeah, it depends yeah. where you cross. That, that is, it's the same as like people say you can't cross your feet in an armbar. Well, that's, a, oh, that's just an untrue statement. Exactly. It depends on what armbar you're in and the yeah. circumstances. Sometimes it's more beneficial to not cross your feet in an armbar, but sometimes it will save your armbar position. It's 100%. the exact same with the back. If you cross your feet across someone's hip, or higher up for like for a higher control. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant control. Hundred percent. You see it in all in, in the highest levels of jujitsu. Yeah, I do it all the time. And even if you do put in the middle, as long as you're aware that they can that they might try to attack it, it's yep. like you have lots of time to uncross, right? Yep. And the thing is, some people can get ankle locks like that even without having the feet crossed. Like mm-hmm. Darren at our gym, for example, yeah. he, he'll take your hook and just squeeze the shit out of it. And uh, yeah, he, he got me a couple times back in the day, but now I have more, more awareness. So that's mm-hmm. what really what he is more, more often than not, just, just awareness. Mm-hmm. And just to bring back to your point about... Um, you know, when across your feet for an arm bar and when not to the, the time you don't want to is when you're doing it from guard yes. and you want to control their posture, push them away. Right. Yep. So if you cross your feet, you can't push them away, but if they're already taking defensive grips and you can't extend the arm, it's actually a great idea to cross your feet because now you secure them. So people don't really understand that. And you know, people shouldn't make like general statements. And that's the problem. Like so many, like black belt instructors make these general statements, these white belts believe or any lower belts believe them. Mm. And they're just not true. There's like caveats to everything. But to play devil's advocate on their side here, it's, I suppose it's easier to teach these things as general rules and concepts. And then once you have more experience, you know when to break them. But the problem is that some upper belts don't really acquire that self-awareness and just just go with that yeah. dogmatic. I've been told never to cross my feet in an armbar. Therefore, every time I see, I'm like, oh, you suck. You've crossed your feet. Exactly. When it's, it's just not the case. Well, a good example of that, and I probably sound like a hypocrite right now because in my 20 uh, white belt mistakes video, one of the tips is don't put your butt in the air, which is definitely true if you don't have a uh, base with your hands. Mm. So if you have base with your hands already, you're posting on them or the mat, or you have a cross face underhook. Yeah. You can lift your butt in the air. So, but that's like more like that's tripoding when you bring your butt yes. in the air. So I've, I, I like, I forgot to caveat in the video and someone's, you know, someone mentioned it and yeah, but it's like still, I don't know. I think that if I caveat too much, where I give too much context, everything it, will have a caveat. Yeah, It makes it yeah. too confusing. It makes the video too long. So it is better to have general statements sometimes, but I think that the crossing your feet in the arm bar is just like one that just 
there's more times that you want to cross it than not. So I think that's a really funny thing. So there's an exception for every rule. You say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. Exactly. Situational. Yeah. Have, uh, have, have you guys rolled yet? No, no, yet. we have. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys no, got to make I'll that be, I'll be here tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. It's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of people to roll with. I remember uh, it was my, I think my second session um, here. And I think it was in Nogi. Or no, no, it was our first gi session. So my second session of, of doing a proper class. And I shit, you know, it was like black belt, brown belt, yeah, brown belt, yeah. black belt, <laughs> brown belt, yeah, yeah. purple belt. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I'm running the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, everyone wants to roll with the, you know, Kieran. And, and, you know, I, I want to know what your experience is rolling with Alex because, like, oh, man, Jesus. people don't understand. They like the brown belt beast on the channel. Like, mm. they, they see it and they're probably impressed how I can handle him and everything, but they don't understand how much of a freaking beast he oh is. God. Yeah, he, he he's tough. He's very, very tough. Um, I would, I absolutely would love to roll him uh, a few more times. Now yeah. that we, we both, well, not that he knows he needs to change anything, but now I know what to expect. I would love to roll him in Nogi. And I'm saying this to you after class, not so much to see if I would do better, but I want to see how it, it feels to roll with someone as physical as him where I can't try and slow him down yeah. with, with grips. Normally, uh, I like it from the other other side. If I get slowed down by someone by by grips on gi, I'm like, sweet. I want to roll no gi to see how they handle me when they can't slow me down. But for him, it's like the inverse. I want to see how how I can handle him when I can't slow him down. He yeah, also so. sweats like a like a beast. You've never <laughs> seen somebody sweat like this before. So good sweet luck boy. having any grips on yeah, him whatsoever. Totally. I would say Alex is first place when it comes to sweat, and I'm second place. I sweat a lot yeah. too. So yeah, it's funny. Last night we did so many rounds. I did 10 rounds last night and, uh, it was just so wet after. And, yeah, man. you know, I can, I can actually roll like so much now because, um, you know, I made a lot of changes in my life. I haven't like talked specifically what they are, but like I actually have the motivation now to train again. And, um, it just feels amazing because for a while, like just moving my body just felt like, um, like a chore, you yeah. know, like doing anything. So like, I didn't want to roll and, uh, yeah. And like, it would, I'd be looking at like how many, it'd be like three rounds in and be like, oh, I don't want to roll anymore. But like now I'm looking and it's like the seventh round. I'm like, I want to keep going. going. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. last night the guy, people were st stopping to uh, roll. I'm like, guys, we're just getting started. You know? Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. That was, that was such a G up. That was, yeah. Yeah. Like, Fuck yeah. 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 And that kind of like, you know, more people did start rolling after yeah. that. Right. Because I think as a coach, you need to lead by example. So hundred um, percent. yeah, that, that was really fun. And yeah, I'm having such a better time rolling my cardio is getting better just everything's getting better you know and way better you came at the right time because mm. if you were to came like come like a month ago or two months ago i think my cardio and my motivation would have been a factor in our roles and you wouldn't have had such a you know an eye-opening experience kind of mm. like that like you know that i'm pretty good because that's the thing for like a whole year i've been just like feeling like trash and rolling like trash and uh but still getting things done but like now that i'm feeling good it's like, I'm going to get a lot done now. So yeah, yeah I'm really excited for it. What has changed, do you think? Uh, you know, I just made a, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'll cut this out after, but I stopped smoking weed, you know, and because like, and, and I feel like weird talking about it because like, you know, it's kind of embarrassing almost for me, at least. I don't, I think that weed can be a good thing for people, like for some people, for sure, until it becomes a bad thing. And weed is legal in Canada. So you know, it's not like I'm doing anything illegal, but you know, it's like, it can be as, you know, you can abuse it for sure. And what was happening to me is I was, uh, developing, um, cannabis hypermesis syndrome, which is like when your body can't take, uh, the weed anymore, basically. And, um, it put me in, I was in the subdormal phase, I think that's what it's called. And we just feel like, you just feel like complete trash and like every morning having stomach ache, stuff like that. And like, yeah, it was really bad. And Imagine that messes with your moods as well, man, big time, yeah. big time. And I did it once since quitting. 
And uh, just to see, you know, how it felt the next day, I felt like I had just gone right back to square one. I felt total trash, but then the days leading after I felt great again. So, you know, for some, for many, it can be a good thing. I a hundred percent think that it can be a great medical use, but um, for me, definitely it became not, Mm -hmm. my body couldn't take it anymore. So yeah, I spent like a whole year in that, like, uh, in that, in that state. And, uh, I wish I kind of recognized it sooner, but like, you know, every day I wanted to quit every day I woke up, I want to quit. But then, you know, because you feel like such trash, you want to feel better then you do it again. So like, you know, it really impacted my motivation and my ability to get things done because I was feeling like trash when I wasn't high. And then I was not motivated to do anything when I was high. So, um, yeah, I recommend people, you know, overall just be aware of like, you know, if you do smoke weed, like the signs of that, of it becoming not a good thing for you anymore, because I think for a lot of people, it can be, it become a bad thing for sure. Yeah. It can go from recreational to abuse fairly, fairly quickly with any drug. Yeah. Like where it really went wrong for me because I would, you know, I was never too bad until the pandemic happened and then the pandemic happened. And then it was like, I need to escape. Like I, I can't deal with this because I was worried about losing my house, losing, um, you know, everything like everything I had because I, you know, I made income from the gym and the gym was closed and, uh, yeah, it was just really hard for me to deal with. So just getting high all the time and, uh, developing a ba- bad habits that way. So, and then I couldn't get out of it, you know? So I, I was such a shell of my former self for so long and it feels like I'm back to normal. It feels like I woke up almost like, well, That's great. yeah, yeah That's exactly. Great, I'm glad you're happy. Yeah. I think people can see it in the gym, even though they don't know the reason why, but they, I think they can see my moods better. I'm just happier. Yeah. I've yeah. noticed it. Like we, we haven't rolled much, me and you in the last, uh, maybe six months or so, but lately we've been rolling a lot more. I've, I've just seen a general, uh, lift in your spirits, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. man. It feels good. It feels God, like a new lease on life. Good. So yeah, I'm motivated to freaking get everything done. You know, like I want to, you know, I always talk about like, I want my life to be like a, like if you read in a book, it's going to be a really interesting story. You know, yeah. now that I'm going to, I'm going to start making that, that, that book even more interesting. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, exactly. We have so much stuff planned, you know, especially with the help of Kieran is going to be, uh, you know, so much easier to do because Kieran's helped me out with like the courses. We're going to just the camps and stuff like that. We also got uh Thaja who's, uh, he edits the podcast now. He, he works for Jiu-Jitsu Eastern Europe and, uh, Phaedra's the man. I yeah. just appreciate him. You know, he's great, man. He, message me. He tells me I'm doing good. Keep it up. All this stuff always gives me uh, pointers and tips. Uh, I love it. Never exactly. met him, but I'd love to meet him. Man, I can't wait to meet Feja. I want to roll him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really want to roll him too. And I want to spar with him because he just started like boxing. Yeah. He, he's a pro belt in jiu-jitsu, but he started boxing. And, um, you know, I'm not going to beat him up or hurt him or anything, but, you know, I'm just excited to spar with him and, yeah, you know, yeah. kick his ass, but, you know, gently. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and one thing too, me and Kieran, we're going to do uh, like a sparring match. Uh, and yes. Kieran has no striking experience. Zero. Right? I've probably thrown one punch in my life. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's going to well be fun. You. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's just yeah. like, it's going to be tough because beginners often want to like go super hard. Yeah. Right. So I think you'll be fine because you like understand that because from jujitsu, yeah. right? So you're not going to try to knock my head off. I'm not going to try to knock your head off. But no, no, no. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try to hit you with some liver shots. Yeah. But they're not hard. Like, I'm not going to try to hurt him, but at the same time, (laughs) if you get, if you place a liver shot in the liver, obviously, and they're not like bracing themselves, it is the worst pain ever, even if it's light. So it's kind of like, okay, I threw a light shot. How can you complain? You know what I mean? But you're on the ground, like, oh, I'm dying. Right. It's like, it's a light shot. (laughs) So it's good to go. So yeah. yeah. And I used to, I used to like do so many liver shots, but I was just dropping too many people. Again, I wasn't going hard, but I was just feeling bad. Like, okay, I can't keep doing this, but you know, you were saying it doesn't take much when it's placed 
yeah in the right that's the problem like place right 100 i spar so light with nikki because first off she's my wife and i want her to like you know not get hurt from me Mm. but like you know every once in a while i'll throw a shot to the body that's like super light and she's just not bracing herself right because she's not expecting it it's the shots that don't hurt no so it's it's the shots you don't see coming that hurt the most yeah especially when it comes to the body it's like if you're not like uh, clenching your your abs together uh, it hurts so bad so yeah it's but like at the same time it's hard to break out of like throwing body shots um because like you know people do brace themselves often so oftentimes you throw body shots and the person's just fine but then it's that one time where they just don't expect it and then damn it now they're on the ground like you know trying to breathe not like they're like dying like terrible but like you know i've been hitting this I've, i get hit in the stomach all the time too um and again, usually I can brace myself, and once in a while I don't. And I'm sitting there too, like, oh, like I need a second, you know. <laughs> I've when I I, got, I ate a liver shot, and it was almost like a delayed reaction. It hit me, and then it was like two seconds later, I was like, holy fuck! I hit the ground. I thought I was dying. Couldn't take a breath in. Yeah. It, my whole body felt like it was shutting down. It was terrible. It's very similar to getting the, getting hit in the nuts, which I did to Kieran by That's accident. Our first roll. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Well, pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. Two a.m. Yeah. gets a knee to the nuts. Yeah. Right out the middle. Yeah, but we were going pretty hard too, which I think factors into like accidents happening. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it happens. And it also probably like you know you're jet lagged. Yeah. I'm tired. It's two a.m. Yeah, you know, See, I'm think I'm feeling bad for myself. The times I'm so tired. It's two a.m. But you, you you know it's like what time for you in Australia, right? Yeah. Man, that'd, that'd be hard to adjust to for sure. And uh, yeah, Kieran's just like staying at the gym. We have like a room for him. Um, and I don't think my landlord knows, so I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but it's all good. I don't think he would care, you know. Yeah. And um, he's got some, you know, leaks to to uh, fill on the roof, so he's busy with that, you know. And uh, but yeah, like it's it's pretty cool because we have a fridge, we have a yeah, microwave. Yeah, setup, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if anyone wants to come down, you know, as long as my landlord doesn't find out, <laughs> yeah. we can make it happen for sure. But um, yeah, and we're gonna see some uh, MMA fights uh, tomorrow. It's gonna be a good time. Right. Yeah, at, uh, Kingston. Yeah, in Kingston, a couple of my friends are fighting, and uh, you know, it's gonna be fun. Kieran's never went to a MMA event before. No, I never been. I never been to a live MMA event. That's ever. surprising. Yeah, I, I've, I figured like you know there'd be like plenty in Sydney, Australia. I mean, I'm I'm sure there is, but I mean, fuck, I've just never been. I suppose I don't really. Not many people in my uh, gym network do MMA. There's a couple oh, yeah. guys that do like pretty into wrestling and, and striking separately, I'm sure, but not, not many MMA wise. Yeah. There are some MMA gyms around some really successful ones around uh, Sydney, but uh, yeah, just haven't been. Are you a fan of MMA? You oh, watch yeah, UFC yeah. And all that? oh yeah. Oh yeah. What's UFC? I would say like what I can compare myself to like a, a real fan that watches every single UFC match and like can rattle off, you know, statistics and rankings and stuff. I'm definitely not at that level. So yeah. I'm, I'm I consider myself a casual, but I'm not like a um, only know who Conor McGregor is casual. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like an intermediate casual, we'll say. Well, like the benefit of like a, a local show is that you got such better seats, mm. and uh, oftentimes they're just more finishes and just more exciting. So like mm. I love I love watching like live. Um, not lower, like, yeah, I guess lower level. I like watching UFC too, but the lower level fights always bring like excitement for sure. But I know the whole time I'm going to be there thinking like that should be me in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be thinking I kick his ass. <laughs> that's just my mentality. You know, again, yeah, maybe I have a bit of ego at times, but like not like an unhealthy one. I know my place. So like, it's all good. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to watch that. It's going to be a good time for sure. And Support for Talk Jiu-Jitsu is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools 
tools for your family jewels, Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code JTJ at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. So what's your experience been with uh, Manscaped? Well, I've used probably a half a dozen different na name brand products before, and they're terrible. I've cut myself every time. And these are very expensive, very well-named brand products. And with Manscaped, I've never cut myself. Exactly. And you know what I like the most about uh, the Manscaped Razor is it has a flashlight on it. And you oh, think that's the best. It's amazing. You think that, oh, it's just this like, you know, feature or whatever. But actually, it's kind of like... Uh, when you've experienced a light uh, a light on your razor you may, it makes you wonder why no other ones have that too because this is a game changer you can just see everything so much easier you know even if you don't have the perfect lighting so that was my that was my favorite aspect of it i was actually shocked how uh how, how much better it made too because i was you know doing my neckline and everything so like i can actually see where the line should be right because there's a light it's so simple and so smart so i really like that from manscaped 100 percent. i thought is this a gimmick and then i tried it i was like no this is this is the way it's the only razor i've ever had that has a light on it and it really <laughs> lights the way to to the way to shaving your balls it does it makes all the difference i think a lot of uh, other brands are maybe more towards like your hair or just your beard or something right but this is like the full package so yeah. uh, guys jtj at checkout let's go I, I was curious to understand more jordan about your perspective on why you wanted to create the bjj theory course so a lot of what you teach is conceptual a lot mm -hmm. of what you teach is like uh, yeah, lack of a better word, concepts rather than just pure technique. And that's, we've seen that trend on your latest videos yeah. and the community is responding to them really well. Started, uh, one, one such example is like your, your passing concepts video. Uh, and yeah. the, the, the most common mistakes of white belt, even though like some of them are technique based, it's vast majority of concepts. So what has, what has spurred this shift that you've had over the last couple of years toward focusing on conceptual jujitsu? Yeah, I think like I just kind of could see like commonalities in like everything of like, like how these things relate and kind of realizing like, um, you know, how hard it is for people to learn jiu-jitsu. And in my mind, jiu-jitsu is a lot, like a lot simpler than people make it out. I think it's I've been training so long too. I've I got a really good eye for it. Mm -hmm. So like I can really see and like the more I, um, you know, break down grappling footage of like my own and other people's. It's like you just, you just see more and more and nothing surprises you after a while. You just understand exactly what's happening. Right. And because I can understand it so well, I can ex explain it really well. And I think that like there's the difference between concepts and techniques is that concepts are the why technique is the how, but yeah. like there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, right? There's a lot of hows. So people might get confused or like, not learn as good because they they learn like you do it this exact way but like you know there's so many different ways so like if you learn the why you can just do what is right at the appropriate moment right mm -hmm. so it's easier to learn the how right yeah. so if you understand the the foundation of of why something needs to be done or or should be prioritized then when you learn the how it it would be easier to understand right? when you're on the why yeah when yeah sorry why, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. that's 100 percent it it's like it's like with anything you know it's like for me like the way my mind works i need to know the why you know i can't i like i have adhd i'm like 100 confident i do and um you know even though my doctor thinks i'm bipolar i'm not so uh, at least as far as i'm aware I, it's adhd but god damn it he won't get it into his freaking brain it's all right though but um yeah so the way my mind works it's like i need to i can't think of, of the how for things for like too long so my mind shifts away right yeah so i need to, things very simplified right mm -hmm. i had a hard time learning um 
you know, jujitsu in the beginning, like I would go, they, they would like, okay, I was, I was decent right away. But I mean, like what I mean is like learning technique. I would like go back after the instructor taught and I would forget everything and hope that my training partner was paying attention because I would be drifting off into space or whatever. Right. So like, um, you know, learning the why is so much easier because the why can be said in like, you know, a sentence and my brain can like, you know, last that long, thankfully, mm-hmm. but it can't last that long for like how like, all these freaking steps. Right. And mm-hmm. I just think in general, like, um, you know, I, I, I hate sometimes saying stuff like this because it sounds like I'm like, you know, holier than now, but I think a lot of instructors overcomplicate the shit out of jiu-jitsu and it, it becomes like unintentionally gatekeeping where it's like these people aren't ever going to get good because they're so confused. Right. So I also think that's why my channel has done so well because I just explain it in simple terms because the reality is jiu-jitsu is way more simple than people make it out to be. It's not this mystical thing that like, especially old school people, especially like to drive into, uh, you know, lower belts heads that they're this like mystical person and like this like wise sage or whatever. And like, you know, they're giving this like magic to people to no, know, like our bodies work a certain way. And this is, and I'm showing people how it works. It's like, you know, you only do so many things with your arms and your legs. You can grip frame or close space, which you're going to learn in uh, the jujitsu theory. And when you understand that, you know, it becomes easier because this is a great example too. Like we talked about earlier discipline, like I can be in half guard. I'm not thinking I got to do this technique or that technique. I'm just relaxed being disciplined with my grips, with my body positioning and then I'm going to take what's available, you know, if I can take an underhook, whatever it is. Right. But like, you know, if I wasn't, if I didn't know what I need to do to be disciplined, I was only thinking of the techniques, which happens for a lot of lower belts, I would be overwhelmed and like, you know, and then start making mistakes. Right. Because it's like, okay, I'll go for this sweep. I learned from my professor or my instructor. Right. Well, what if it's not available? What if you can't get that grip or whatever? Right. But there's another grip available. So yeah, jujitsu is just so overcomplicated by people, and it is actually really simple. Whenever I talk to a brand new white belt or somebody that's just joined or somebody that messages me online, they're always so overwhelmed at first with everything. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, I don't know what to do. I can't remember anything. And I always tell them, in a couple months from now, you'll have like a holy shit moment where things will kind of come together and you'll start putting the, you know, putting the blocks together of knowing what to do. You'll know to keep your elbows tight and you'll know to keep your T-Rex arms. And it just comes after time. But it's, I think it's the first couple of months where people either they're like, yeah, I'm going to stick it out or they just they can't take it anymore. Yeah, which is kind of funny. First, not first funny. eight weeks or so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in the sense that like everything is like that, right? Yeah. But it's like when it comes to a f- sport that's so like – you know, ego is in it 100%. Like it becomes harder almost like, that's what I was going to say. I mean? yeah. A big guy comes in, thinks I should be able to handle myself and gets his ass kicked by a hundred pound female. And then he just like, I can't take this and go, I've seen that happen. Yeah, you know, exactly. But it's funny because just say you start like a new video game or something. It's like, you're okay with like losing and getting killed on it. Right. Yeah. But you get better and better and better. But it's like, because I think that Jisu, it's like, you know, fighting is so like primal. Yeah. There's like, um, this is a different aspect to it, right? Because just say like, you know, you're playing soccer, someone kicks the ball in the net. Fine. You got the ball in the net, right? But if someone chokes the shit out of you, you know, yeah. a nice green to choke or something, it's like, oh crap. You know it's what I mean? close and personal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we can't pretend like there's no ego in jujitsu, like, and that, and that ego is a bad thing. It's like, it's only a bad thing if it's toxic, right? It's like ego can be a good thing to motivate you. Right. So like, for example, 
my first uh, couple of weeks of training, I got my ass kicked, and that motivated me to want to learn and get better. And but that it, and it kept up the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's I remember this one guy, uh, Miles. I talked about him before. I was a blue belt, he's a purple belt, and he would just destroy me with ease. It was like every move I made was wrong, and it and like I'm, I, the whole time I was like. I want to be like that. You know, I want to learn how to do that to people because it's funny. Cause I was, I was like doing so well against everyone else, but then why couldn't I beat this dude? Right. Why could he kick my ass? But he's smaller than me. So that was super motivating. Right. So ego can either be bad for you or good for you, but it's a part of life. We all have egos. If we didn't it'd be a lot different world for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> when I walked through the door, the first person I rolled was Tanya. And I rolled her and she tapped me. We rolled 10 minutes, two rounds straight. And she tapped me over 20 times. And arm <laughs> yeah. bar, I think, was the majority of it. I almost broke my arm because I didn't want to let. She was, I, I, She had to be 90 pounds. I was 100 and, oh, I was 215 pounds. I was double her size. And maybe she was 100 pounds. But yeah, I just didn't want to. I couldn't in my head say, I can't believe this is happening to me. And then I let go, right? I was like, fuck, I'm, if she can do this to me, then I want to learn this. I need to learn this art. Right? Mm. You just got to, I had to get over myself first. Yeah, and I think what jiu-jitsu teaches you is that, oh, it should teach you, is that it's okay to be bad at something because if you know that, if you stick it out, you're going to be good at it, right? Yeah. Which I've really applied to so many aspects of my life because I don't think I was, like, good at, like, um, you know, the YouTube channel right off the bat, but I knew I was going to get good at it eventually, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, like, for example, people would be like, oh, your videos, like, people in, in my real life would be like, um, yeah, you're doing a great job with the YouTube channel, the videos are great, right? But, like, I was like, no, no, no. Wait until a couple months from now. They're going to be way better. They're going to be like, blow, they're going to be nine day difference. And that's exactly what happened. Right. But in like, you know, I was talking to this one guy, this Muay Thai guy, and I, um, and I gave an offer that he could like, uh, use my stuff and start a Muay Thai channel. Right. And, uh, because I think it'd be really cool. And, um, one of his concerns was he's not great on camera. Like he's in terms of shyness and stuff like that. Right. But I'm like, I was the exact same way. Everyone is. Yeah, everyone is. Everyone is. Yeah, so he needs to take yep. that approach where it's, it's fine. You just got to do it anyways, yeah. right? When I first started filming myself like three, four years ago, I remember thinking like, oh, I'm an outgoing guy. This will be easy. But on, on front of camera, it's it's completely different. Yeah, 100%. Like, for some reason, whenever you're like, you're looking in the camera, it's, and I see it all the time uh, in my previous role when I was running a videography company, as soon as the cameras come out, and the you know record buttons pressed, people's brains just go to mush. They look yeah. like a deer in headlights. They're like, yeah. oh, oh, oh. even if they were super confident speaking about their own business, about themselves or whatever they're talking about. Um, previously, as soon as it's on, it's it's like a, a freeze moment. But it comes with practice. Exactly. Even even something simple like podcasting, right? Yeah. Imagine the first time you guys did a podcast versus versus this one today. I was terrified. That was so, it was terrible. Like yeah. I was terrible. Yeah. Well, uh, think about the the stark contrast now that you've done like thirty podcasts yeah. and how naturally it is, or how much easier. Maybe it's Way not easier. as comfortable and as fluid as you would like eventually in like another thousand podcasts when you're Joe Rogan's level or what have you. But even yeah. even something as micro as as comparing your progress from now to like 30 podcast episodes ago. Exactly. Yeah. And and we knew going into it, we're going to suck at first. Yeah. You know, and it's just okay. And the same thing with the YouTube channel too when it came to like, uh, you know, like, re- like reading because I'm not good at reading like I'm not good at sorry not reading I mean like I'm not good at uh, reading out loud. Mm-hmm. I find like I'm very bad at it. Like and then when I know people are going to listen to it, I get, it worse. Yeah, I, yeah, I freeze big time and the whole time I'm this is a big ball of anxiety. Like, so which is one reason why my, uh, delivery was way worse in the beginning because I felt so frozen and then I just gotten more comfortable over time and, yeah. uh, it's just getting better and better, but it's Everything. still, yeah, it's still a work in progress. I know I'm going to get better and better, but you know, it's just, 
that's the way everything is, yeah, right? Everyone's improve. like, if you're starting a YouTube channel, unless you have experience or you're very, very, very fucking good at vid- videography for some reason, your first videos are going to suck ass. Yeah. Like your first hundred videos might even suck. Like it depends on the individual and what you're making videos on. But I mean, how many videos do you have on your channel now? I think like a hundred or so. Yeah. yeah you, you've made over a hundred videos and you know 30 podcast episodes yeah. around talking in front of the camera talking on a microphone that that's you, you've had to put in all that practice to get where you are now and you're still not satisfied you want to get exactly. even better so it's almost kind of think about it like this right i've been thinking about this a lot thinking that you're going to just go straight into a youtube channel and do something like what we do uh, just throw myself in there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just doing like the level or the quality or the the confidence on camera immediately from day one. That's kind of like stepping into a jiu-jitsu gym, thinking you're going to towel up a blue belt day one. 100%. It's the same. But it, but in a sense, but in a sense, I think it's a little harder in the sense that like when you're doing on YouTube, everyone's watching you learn on the job. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's the hardest part, especially for public. me. Yeah, especially yeah. for me because I got popular really quick, you yeah. know, and it was like, I still didn't know what I was doing. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, now I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where I'm very happy with, um, you know, with the way I do things. Yeah. But, um, you know, I thought that in the past too. And then I look back now and think, okay, that wasn't the case. I'm, I made a lot of progress. And same thing too, similar to when I got my black belt, I remember not that I was like arrogant or anything, but I remember thinking like, I can't get better than this. Like I'm already really good. But, you know what I mean? But then yeah. I, now if I were to roll with myself when I first got my black gotcha. belt, it would be so bad. Yeah. It would be like, they would, my old self wouldn't know what to do. They would be, it would feel like they're drowning. Yeah. So like, that's pretty cool that like, you can just keep progressing, progressing and not, and not be okay with just yeah. this. You got to get, you got to get way better. Yeah. I'm just starting to feel comfortable. I think I said this last podcast, it was uh, two podcasts ago. I just started to feel comfortable in my own skin in front of the camera, mm-hmm. even being a small part of your YouTube channel as uh, Yuki. Um, I was very uncomfortable at first yeah. and I, I would screw up a lot and I'm sure that was annoying and no, thank no, you never. for keeping me around to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to you struggled through me being no, uh, no, my no. learning curve. I'm sure it was steep, but well, uh, I think it must be hard for you too. Not that it should be, but in the sense that like, you know, it was me, it's me and Joey, there were two black belts yeah. and then you're the blue belt. You know, you don't want to say something that's like wrong or something like that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So that yeah. I think the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Cause and especially you started yours as, as a, a white, white belt. belt. Yeah. I was a white belt and Adam was a black belt. It was the, the standard like COVID fucking project podcast yeah. <laughs> one of many but we actually stuck it out uh and yeah beginning i was just playing sounding board i was like the i'll ask the stupid questions but now i feel more confident in my own jiu-jitsu knowledge and i've, I've had literally hundreds of hours talking to my coach about jiu-jitsu so i understand how he thinks about jiu-jitsu so i can or i could turn it on and off and be a, a an adam parrot if i wanted yeah. to because uh, i've just spoken to him so many times like fun, funnily enough uh he ran a small group of us through an instructor's course at the gym and anytime he would ask like a question of the class, right? He'd be like, so what do, what do we think about this concept? And I'm like, well, I, I know, know the answer because yeah. I know exactly what you think about it. So I know what you want to hear. So he's like, all right, everyone else but Kieran. <laughs> well, I think you have a huge advantage in jiu-jitsu being so close with Adam and the way you guys do things. Mm-hmm. And then also now you're doing, you're making this theory, theory course with me. Yeah, yeah. So you're pretty much understanding it like I do, or at least you will, especially by the end. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be a massive, um, you know, development. Oh, yeah, party. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely blessed in that sense, uh, particularly being like at the stage I'm in, in now with with jujitsu. It's kind of like I'm feeling as though I'm starting to understand a lot more beyond just putting like 
training techniques together yeah, at like yeah. white belt level. I'm starting to look at jujitsu, like you were saying before, obviously to a lesser extent, but starting to understand it more conceptually exactly. and, um, and, and starting to feel more fluid in my own jujitsu. So kind of like this is my, in my own sort of viewpoint, breaking through the next big plateau on my skill level. Um, yeah. So it, it, I am definitely lucky to be in that position. 100%. And like, man, Kieran is really good. And I don't, and the same thing, I don't <laughs> want to sound like I'm blowing smoke, but people need to understand too. Like there's some blue belts out there that can do very well against higher belts. And, uh, you know, Kieran is one of them. He's obviously really strong and really athletic and explosive, but that's not why he does good. I think that definitely aids him, but he's mm-hmm. definitely very technical too. So I think, um, you know, people, I don't know. I, 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 we talk about this a lot. I don't want to keep going on it, but in the sense that like the belt system does bother me sometimes yeah. because you can be a blue belt, like beating up like higher belts, making them feel bad, but that's not the intention. But if you're just better than them, you're just better than them. And it's not the end of the world. Yeah, right? totally. And jujitsu is different for everyone. It's, yeah. it's, it's unrealistic for a purple belt to that trains twice a week, every week for like the last three or four years to compare themselves to me yeah. who has trained like 10 plus times a week every week for the last two years. Exactly. If we compare our mat time one for one and like ran it through a formula, I would have many more hours. And I got in this argument with my coach, Adam, and we're talking about like, mat, should mat time be considered experience? And he obviously pushed back. was like, no, like years of experience, it, it's different because it's like spread out over time, more consolidation time, right, right, right. I see his point and I can acknowledge that. And I agree to a certain extent. But on the same time, on pushback on that, there's something to be said about time on the mats, time talking yeah. about jujitsu, time 100%. thinking about jujitsu, time watching jujitsu, time editing my own roles, reviewing my own roles, editing other people's roles, uh, reviewing those. You, you know, like if you if you look at it holistically, I've been progressing jujitsu to make it my life, my career. Exactly. It's, it's it's not a fair comparison for a purple belt, even though they're a higher belt color that tra- has trained as a hobbyist twice a week for whatever it's, it's, it's not the same. It doesn't mean the same. No. And a great example is I could play call of duty, you know, it's just a video game, first person shooter. I could, I could play like a couple times a week and get my ass kicked. Cause these kids are playing all day. Yeah. And I mean, they're playing all day. So like, yeah, it 100% matters. And then when you factor in, like you said, thinking about it, watching all this stuff, I was in the exact same boat because, you know, I was a really good blue belt and it's just, you know, and I was like, I was be doing very well against the higher belts, you know, mm. like lower level black belts were no problem for me. And I'm sound like the boast. It's just like, I was training way more than them. I, yeah. I dedicated my life to jujitsu. Yes. I have dedicated my life to jujitsu. I still do every single like minute of the day. It's like I'm working either at the gym or on the YouTube channels, all jujitsu. Yeah. So like, you know, sometimes it can be a little, um, you know, frustrating when science people don't really understand, um, you know, like, like on Reddit, for example, it doesn't bother me. It, like, even though I said it's frustrating, but, but it doesn't. Like, I got this comment saying, like, uh, you're a YouTuber. Like, you're never going to be the best instructor in the world or whatever. And, like, I don't claim to be. I think I'm pretty good, but I don't claim. I don't. I'm, I wouldn't make that claim. But, like, you know, just to say I'm a YouTuber, like, very dismissive as if I'm, like, not, you know, I, I haven't dedicated my whole life to jujitsu, basically a third of my life, right? Mm. So, again, it doesn't bother me because I understand this. He's probably, like, a teenager or something like that or a white belt or blue belt. And it was really nice to him, too. I offered him to come down. You know, we could roll, see if I can teach him something. And it, I think it may really make a good YouTube video. Yeah. And uh, just in general, if anyone ever wants to challenge me, let's go. Hate right? it gets smoked. Exactly. I'll roll with absolutely anyone. It doesn't matter who you are and i'll do just fine so i'm not i'm not worried it doesn't matter so yeah i think it'll be a really good youtube video hater versus youtuber it's like yeah. let's see if i'm just a youtuber you if know? you got yeah. tapped would it go on 
You can have my house. You can have my house. I will bet everything. Honestly, have any Mickey too. You know, take care of fucking exactly. I just live a life of you know, I'll live on the streets or something like that because I'm just not. I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm 100% confident in my skill, and that's the thing too. When I said like, okay, yeah, you know, you have a little of an ego. I don't in the sense like because it's not really realistic. I know my place. I know my level. I don't think I'm above my level. I don't think I'm below my level. I know exactly where I am. So mm. I'm often honest with like everything in life where just, I'll tell you exactly what I think and not never in a rude way. But sometimes people like, um, I worry that they think I'm an asshole or they, th or they think I'm like arrogant or weird because like, why is he, you know, he just said that, you know, whatever. Cause, cause for example, you know, I said some things to Kieran just stuff like, you know, I'm going to, you know, it's going to get worse and worse for you over time. And I told Nikki that she's like, he probably thinks you're such an asshole. I'm like, <laughs> I was just being honest with them, Nikki. You yeah. know what I mean? But so like, yeah, I think it's one of my great qualities because, and worse qualities in a sense, but I'm just good at cutting through the bullshit. You know, yeah. it's like, I'll just tell you exactly what it is. Cause my mind doesn't work where in a way where I can have like bullshit out there, yeah. which is another reason why I like, um, I like promoting good jujitsu culture because I can see the bullshit out there and I don't got any time for that. That's a whole another topic for sure. But I'm in a weird phase where my body won't do what my mind wants it to do. I'm, I'm for almost 48 years old and I'm starting to realize that physicality does matter, right? When I'm rolling 25 year old that is at the same level as me, blue belt, right? And, uh, I want to do this or I want to do this roll or this escape and my body just cannot do it at some point. I'm starting, it's hard for me to grasp that reality that I'm on the down slope when it comes to, uh, athleticism and the guys I'm rolling are on an up, right? So they haven't even hit their peak yet. So it, it messes with me a little bit. It's mm. hard for me to get past that. But why though? Like, if you think like realistically, like why does it matter if someone's smaller, oh, it, uh, younger? No, I mean, it doesn't matter in the grand oh, scheme your body's of things. Not working. Yeah. It's just that I'm, I'm trying, I'm struggling with trying to get over like I, that my body is failing me. You say that, but, I don't then, care but then I roll with you, you feel you feel pretty physical. You know what I mean? In my head, I am, you know how I, am. I think it's in, in your own head. head. I'm the worst. That's the thing. I think it's in your own head because I think anyone that rolls with you knows that you're one technical and two, you are physical. You're a strong dude. You have a lot of isometric strength. Like you don't have the most explosion. Not that you're not explosive, but like, you know, I'm more explosive than you for sure. I'm younger too, but yeah. like, you know, you have a lot of isometric strength and it can be frustrating at times oh. because you feel so goddamn strong. So like in your head, you're thinking you're not or something, but it's like, I'm thinking in my head, like, God damn it. This guy's strong. Oh shit. See, I, thank you. I say, I don't, I don't ever ask people for the feedback cause I've, I would find it weird to ask them, but I appreciate you. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Well, it's almost like a, uh, insult though. After, after a role, if someone like you've just, smoked them or whatever yeah, you yeah. don't have to and like oh you're really strong it's like thanks <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah, good one. <laughs> yeah it's probably the only sport ever where or only only situation in life ever where you don't want to be told you're strong yeah yeah, yeah. it's like oh okay just ignore all of my technique yeah. and my hundreds yeah, of hours yeah. of practice but i'm really strong though and it, it's ironic when the dude is like the same size as you and like if you chuck on some weights you'd probably lift the same yeah yeah and it's like okay am i strong though <laughs> well that's the thing too it's like you know we talked about on the last a couple podcasts ago people making mistakes excuses for themselves yeah and i'm no better i make excuses for myself too at times um but you know it's just reality if if, if you're mad someone else is stronger than you and they're lifting and you're not it's like why aren't you lifting yeah exactly yeah. like can you can you not make time or are you just making excuses you can't make time right i have time to lift but i just I'm, I don't know. I just don't do it. I, I got to, cause I used to do it way more and I've been super lazy about it. But again, now that I'm back on track mentally, I need to, um, and physically, 
now, like once the theory course is over, now it's too hard. Like we're too busy with it right now. But like one thing that's really inspiring, and one reason I want to start lifting is if you see Kieran without a shirt on, it is mesmerizing. It's mesmerizing. It's like yeah. unreal. So like, um, you know, he's really inspired me you know like even like last night i was i was like gonna eat like worse i was gonna eat some chips and stuff not like they're, they're healthy chips to, to an extent but like, yeah. like i'm not gonna eat those i'm gonna look like kieran yeah it's so. funny that like yesterday for lunch we smashed like these big fat fucking calzones <laughs> yeah 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 calzone the first time i had one and i was like holy shit this is nuts gnarly <laughs> yeah yeah but you it's know good. you good still shit. maintain your figure you yeah because we need to get those gains bro exactly well one thing well, one thing, because I was asking Kieran about his diet and what he eats and, you know, he eats healthy and he's extremely disciplined mm. and like, you know, discipline really equals freedom and 100% Fuck people yeah. just lack discipline because other people, you know, realistically, maybe they, they could look at least close to your physique, like yeah. if they put in that discipline, right? Yeah, definitely. But they, like, I, I think I even went on like a little bit of a rant when you asked me about like the physique and everything. It's been a journey over the last 10 years yeah. though. Like I didn't, it's not like I started jujitsu and then started lifting. I was lifting, the way I approached jujitsu is how I approached lifting and nutrition, like obsessively. Exactly. Or in, like, I think we're very similar, John, in our personalities in terms of we're all or nothing. Yes. It's either we're doing it or we're not doing it. Exactly. Like that, that is it. It's, it's like a fucking line <laughs> in the sand. So it, once you cross that line, you're in. So yeah, that was like how I approached uh, strength and conditioning and nutrition over the last 10 years. So it, it's similar to jujitsu in, in so far as like, you know, people, <laughs> not many people, but people in my comments like, oh, he's, you know, disregard this guy, he's on steroids or this guy's taking supplements, you know, um, or, or people just assume, don't even like call me out, but just assume that exactly. I am. And it's, it doesn't frustrate, frustrate me or upset me. It just shows that like they're obviously lacking education or like you've pointed out, like giving excuses. Exactly. So if you lose to someone in jujitsu and they feel strong, oh, I lost because they're stronger than me. Yeah. And they're on steroids. You know, yeah, that, exactly. You make that excuse. Yeah. Because people say, you know, people say all the time, everyone's on steroids. And sometimes we say it too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's competitors. But I mean, in reality, you know, not everyone is. Yeah. Know, a lot of people, because that really showed me because I 100% believe you when you say you're not on steroids. Yeah. But then there's people with physiques that, aren't even as good as yours that uh, you are on exactly exactly yeah, which is like mind open like uh, yeah mind opening for me it's like man if i work as hard as kieran i can get i can 100%. get that you know and like because i've lifted on and off mm. and um that's like one of the things i haven't been all or in like all in on at times like mm. that really depends on my motivation but it's the same kind of thing it's like i've lifted over the years building up strength more and more if i would have been consistent i'd be way more uh, stronger yeah. and everything but like you know when i was 20 or 20 or 22 that's 10 years ago yeah 32 yes yeah. so 10 years ago when i was 22 i was way smaller and so like you know i get i've gotten bigger and bigger over the years which is a normal thing to do right if you yeah. have consistent lifting which again i wasn't consistent the whole time but i've been like on and off on and off on and off you'd also be training jiu-jitsu yeah and that is like it is not like with lifting weights, but it is a form of muscle stimulus. You are going to get stronger to a certain extent. Man, 100%. Sometimes people say you can't, it's the act that you can't, but man, when I'm rolling with people, I'm roll, I'm working really hard. I'm yeah. squeezing them. I'm yeah. freaking lifting them, using everything I can. Because yeah. one thing we talk about discipline too, you got to do what's right, even if it's hard, right? Yeah, I love that. And exactly. And so much of uh, what I, I've done rolling big guys it requires a lot of like uh strength similar to like lifting weights in the sense where it's like almost like a one rep max, but I'm getting it done because I want to beat this dude. Right. Mm. So I think your style can really play into how much muscular gain you get from it mm -hmm. because you know, 
my style definitely it's like lifting weights the whole time it feels like yeah yeah my biggest problem with the is i can't even lift weights anymore you've seen me when i roll i have tape around every joint i wear wrist braces tape knee braces everything so it's so it's hard for me to even close my fists and grip so it's hard for me to lift weights anymore i'm not using that as an excuse but i'm trying to find a way around that because i want to start lifting weights again Get some straps Get figure yeah. eight straps. Yeah. So go straight around your uh, your wrist and onto the onto the weight, so you don't have to rely on your grip strength. Obviously, if you use them to exclusion, you will not be developing your grip strength at at the same time as other muscle groups. But it's a way of getting around your grip. Yeah, well, but it, definitely it, try it. Definitely with like the knee and and your elbow joints. Yeah, you can you can work on some mobility stuff as well. It's the wrists that are the worst. Yeah, yeah. wrists as well. We yeah. I can show you some stuff after yeah. mobility wise. Okay, yeah, got it. like even yeah. when I'm Uki in front of the class, and you'll notice when I post, I post on my fist. On your fist, you yeah. always uh, put my hand flat. It's, no, and I don't. I never say anything, but it's because it doesn't hurt for me to put my fist down. It hurts for me to put my wrist down. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I'm just so used to posting on my fists now. But here's the thing, like, right? Like, Kieran can show you some mobility exercises, but why haven't you done any prior? Like, have you? I just figured my wrists were fucked and that was it. They were no good. That's I've had thing. surgeries on them. You know, I, I take medication mm-hmm. that didn't, it, I thought they just shot now. Yeah. I mean, I think that with a lot of things, there's a will, there's a way. And especially when it comes to your body, it's like there's a lot of things out there too. Uh, fix it right so yeah. i think that's what you should be your focus on you know mm-hmm. get your wrists right and then you can start lifting. Up, yeah. yeah yeah for sure work your way out from there yeah. yeah totally but i mean it's a common mindset to to get into and look at the end of the day are your wrists ever going to be what they were when you were 20 no no they're not no no matter what you do however you can get them to a workable state or you can get them at least, at least give yourself some relief and get them better, or at least not let them progress worse than yeah, or even yeah, that will halt yeah. the the, the uh, you know degradation, if yeah. you will. So yeah. yeah, there's definitely things to be done. Exactly, sure. I would look into that. I will ask yeah. you for your advice. Yeah. On that. yeah, well, there's this really good uh, course online you can buy too. <laughs> it's called the Tell Performance more Longevity that, Course. Yeah, I, should, I think I'm in that course. Am I not? You are in that. Yeah, course. you are. You are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, also, there's also the 30-day uh, mobility challenge we had, which yeah, is on yeah, Kieran's yeah. channel, right? Mike, you could have done that. You yeah, could- that actually has a lot of wrist-specific days because uh, I got a comment because I filmed it in, like, sections because getting 30, like, 10 to 15-minute um, segments done, it, it took a lot out of me, right? Yeah, so exactly. I, I was doing, like, 10 at a time, and it was, it was hectic. Anyway, so I batch-produced uh, over, like, five or six days or something, right? Uh, it's not quite 10 at a time. Math doesn't work out. And I had a request on like after I uploaded the first couple for some wrist days. So I added in two wrist days on the, the back end. So from 15 to 30, there's two wrist days in there. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I can show you some specific wrist mobility movements out of that. And you'd probably want to work from wrist all the way up to, to your shoulder here. Wrist yeah. and Definitely wrist and elbow, but we can focus on the wrist. I've had atrophy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have a pinched nerve, so I've had atrophy. I lost an inch on my bicep. On your, on your right side? On my right yeah, side, right. everything is smaller. It used to be bigger, way bigger than the other side. Gosh, yeah, it's bad. I have a question for you, Kieran. Um, my neck is fucked. Like, yeah. I don't know if you notice, my head sits... Um, like posture forward? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just to the side. It's just to my right. It's all, I don't know if you can see the camera. Okay. Maybe not, but yeah, it's just to the right. And I, I mentioned one of my videos, and some people to give me advice, but um, I didn't really get around to doing any of those things, which I should. But, like, it, do you think it's like a... What do you think it is? How can I fix it? Do you know? Well, if your if your head sits to one side, it could be a muscle imbalance. Yeah. Like if it 
if it swings to your right further, I mean, you could have a muscular imbalance on your right or your left side, right? Yeah. So that could that could explain it. Uh, it could be a postural thing. It could be a muscle tightness thing as well. So if your head is tilting to the right, perhaps your right side is much tighter than your left. I know you're right-handed, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So that could explain it. And maybe over time, because you've you, you've uh, developed a very sh- much stronger right side, like unilaterally developed one side over the other. And yeah. it's, it's also muscle tightness. Those two factors could combine. And then, you know, that's affecting your posture. It could be something else as well. It could be further down the chain. It could be all the way down in your back or in your yeah. lower back, even pulling your, your side down and affecting you at the, at the head. But if it's centralized in, in the neck region, it's probably related to trap and, and shoulder. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I, we could do some unilateral strength work. I think that would probably help with the, the muscle imbalance, unilateral meaning like one at a time, one side at a time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So an example of a unilateral exercise would be like a single arm shoulder press or something like that. So okay. you do one side and then you do the other or a uh, dumbbell curl even where you curl one side and then you curl the other. So you're not doing it both at the same time compared to something like a deadlift that's not a unilateral or a compound exercise. That makes sense. So we can add in unilateral work. We can add in some mobility and give you a mobility assessment and see what's going on. Um, yeah, we should do right. that. That might be a good YouTube video. Yeah, that, that actually would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mobility assessment for Jordan. Yeah, let me put that together. We can we could definitely add it. Yeah, that's really like, cool. We got a couple of videos we're going to shoot. That would be an interesting one. Yeah, well, actually, one one we're going to shoot, and is which I'm really excited for this one, we're going to do like a lift off. So yeah. we're going to like see who can lift more and like perform more. I think, well, the thing is like we get to choose the exercises. We're going to like uh, divide it up. Yeah. So like there's some I think I will be able to win, but I think most I probably won't. But one I'm really excited about is I'm going to choose muscle ups. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do muscle ups. I can only do muscle ups if I like get a full on kip. Oh yeah. Like a full on swing. But is that really a muscle up? No, no that's just some bullshit. It's, it's, it's just some bullshit. <laughs> some bullshit. So like, that's one thing I'm really proud of myself. And like, I like I, I feel proud as I'm doing it. Like, I can do a muscle up strict ones yeah. and just, it feels good. And so I'm just, I got a lot of upper body strength, but yeah, um, yeah I blow my dad away too when he sees it because, you know, he's always blown away that like just jiu-jitsu athletes in general have a lot of upper body strength. Like yeah. he's, he's a CrossFitter, right? So like, you know, they have their strengths and stuff like that. But he, he's always told me like, um, anytime he sees like a jiu-jitsu athlete, they can always do like tons of pull-ups no problem where like a lot of like the i don't know more recreational people have to do banded pull-ups and stuff like that which is normal and fine but like Mm -hmm. it it seems like even recreational jiu-jitsu athletes can do pull-ups no problem i i guess it's there's a lot of like pulling and whatnot yeah it's disproportionate if you look at uh jiu-jitsu as a whole leg strength is important in jiu-jitsu absolutely no question Mm -hmm. anyone that says it isn't is silly in my opinion however you don't get a lot of motor recruitment for leg strength development in jiu-jitsu. So it's important for it. You can take advantage of it if you have it, which you would know, but it's not a good way to develop leg strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is a good way to develop upper body strength. So you will find that jiu-jitsu athletes are disproportionately stronger in the upper body. And I think even Gordon Ryan is famous for saying he, he intentionally doesn't train legs yes, because yeah. he wants them smaller. I think that's an absolute BS cop-out. In my yeah. opinion, um, I mean, I can't really say that he's wrong because it's Gordon Ryan. And that's the problem with criticizing Gordon <laughs> yeah, Ryan because yeah. he has the success to show for it. But I would argue that if he did train legs, he may even be more dangerous because yeah. he would be more powerful. But 
in his words, his legs wouldn't be able to do what they can do in terms of triangling and getting pummeling legs in and out of, of different leg entanglements and stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to talk to that point, but the benefit of lifting legs it far outweighs the supposed technique loss, in my opinion. Exactly. Actually, this this made me um, think of something. Um, for, one, for one thing, people say that we agree too much on the channel. Yeah, yeah too. so which is fine if I you agree. think that. But like, yeah, <laughs> right. But um, you know, I want to see if Kieran's opinion is the same as mine when it comes to athleticism because um, Gordon Ryan says he's not athletic, and I wrote like there's a YouTube video I wrote on it like um, that he is because in my opinion, athleticism isn't just explosion. It's like um, like awareness, flexibility, it's, um, you know, isometric strength. It's mm. like just having good sports IQ. I think that factors in so much because for example, yeah. I, th I think I'm pretty explosive, but I wouldn't say I'm the most explosive athlete there is. However, I think I have really good sports IQ where I can just, I just know I can react really good to things. So I feel like I can play any sport and do very well at it because like I'm an athlete, but again, I'm not the most explosive, even though I am pretty explosive. So do you think that athleticism is just explosion or, or these other kind of mental factors? Well, I don't, I definitely don't think athleticism is like exclusive to, uh, explosiveness, but I, I suppose what you're using there is a catch-all term for you know agility, speed, strength, power, and, and all those different factors. Yeah, come and into like spatial awareness, and like Definitely. just knowing what to do when, like intuition yeah. almost. Yeah, well, I mean, what they have in MMA, the term fight IQ. Yeah, and would you say that fight IQ is this is in the category of athleticism for MMA? Well, see, I think fight IQ is different from sports IQ. I think fight IQ is like knowing what's what to do in the sense because you're technical it, it, that that like you know what's going to be a good idea and bad idea in, mm -hmm. in technical sense more so but like i think like sports iq itself is just having like a good brain for any sport where you just you just know what to coordination. do yeah that well, kind of stuff i, I agree in, in, in that sense i would say that coordination is definitely a component of athleticism and higher uh coordination and uh spatial recognition pattern recognition in in a sport context would definitely attribute to athleticism. Uh, yeah, so I'd say yes and no. I'd say I agree in part, um, but I would put just in the in the example of fight IQ, if I was to say like jujitsu fight IQ, I would put them separate, yeah. but there's a lot of crossover. I agree because I do think fight IQ is different from sport yeah. IQ because I think fight IQ is specific to fighting. Yes. But I think sport IQ is like, you can do pretty much any sport. We see that all the time. Some people are naturally gifted at sports. Yeah. Right, exactly. because they have very high levels of athleticism through coordination, their their timing, their speed, their body awareness. Body awareness is also one that's overlooked. You would yeah. see like white belts that come into the gym, and you know have probably the last time they did a forward roll was when they were in bloody kindergarten or something, right? And they they come in with zero body awareness, and the most likely person to hurt them is themselves, exactly, because they have low athleticism, low body awareness. So I, I think definitely there's there's a multitude of factors that contribute to athleticism, and in in circling back to the original like statement about Gordon Ryan not being athletic, I think that is absolute trash yeah. he i don't know maybe he's saying he's not athletic to try and like illustrate the fact that his success has come through his technique which i would agree with because there's people out there that are probably just as or even more athletic than gordon ryan but not better than him because he's uh, technique superiority yeah. so maybe maybe that's why he said it but i agree he's definitely athletic i think so too i think he's too much attributing explosion to athleticism which is definitely a major factor but it's yeah. not the only factor yeah and i remember people arguing with me and stuff like that which is fine you know you can disagree with me but it's just like um 
Yeah, it was just kind of, I don't know. It just like I I just felt like like it was like an argument I couldn't win because they just wouldn't listen. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what do they say? Like if you try and argue with an idiot, they'll beat you with experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I I I've learned to kind of stop doing that now. I'm actually in such a, I'm in such a better place now dealing with like criticism and comments and stuff like that because I just realized that and I mentioned on the podcast yeah. too before. It's like people often lack context. They they don't know the whole story, and if they mm-hmm. did, they'd understand. But I don't need to explain to you the whole goddamn story, you know, to convince you that I'm right. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you think I'm wrong. Yeah. Do you think Gordon uh, just says that because he's on steroids and he doesn't want people to? Yeah, probably, maybe. You know, you know, uses. Yeah. Ath- he, I'm not athletic, therefore the steroids don't do shit for me. It's my technique that's. Well, it takes know, away from his technique. It's like what, what we were talking about before, Mike. Where it's like you roll with someone, they're like, "Oh, you're really strong." They're diminishing your technique, yeah. and I think he he is, you know, maybe getting on the forefront of that. And beating you to the punch by saying, "Oh, I'm not even athletic." So that's this what, is, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah okay. I 100 percent agree with you. And so like I've said on the other podcasts, like I would like to see Gordon Ryan not on steroids and see if he's the greatest of all time. Still, Just go back in time, get a time machine, go back to the first EBI. I think he was clean when he did that, and he he killed everybody. It was, yeah, it was good, but that but that was also before that was before losing to Pena. Right? Like Pena yeah. beat him. Pena's been. Caught for yeah, yes, himself. Oh yeah, he's yeah. juicing hard. Yeah. That's why he w- that's this, the rumor why he went to Atos was to for the pharmaceuticals. I did a uh, <laughs> seminar with John Danaher just before their fight was meant to happen, like a month before it was the start of this year. And uh, yeah, Danaher was asked a question about uh, from one of my teammates actually about like, hey, what do you think about the upcoming uh, Gordon Ryan versus uh, Penna fight? And uh, Danaher said, yeah, the only reason Penna went to Atos was not to learn anything, like. He he's such a well-established jiu-jitsu practitioner. What the fuck's he going to learn in in terms of some revolutionary yeah. breakthrough in his technique in like two months? It's the guy happen. that Gordon's already beat. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. What he is there for is the pharmaceuticals. But I don't really get it because I feel like his physique is worse than yours. Oh yeah, there's other pharmaceuticals though. Uh, the, the speculation is that he went there to. Um, like work he, on his cardio and EPO. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. EPO. I yeah. think EPO is like the best one you can take for uh yes for jiu-jitsu because i think cardio is king yep. and having confidence in your cardio is like that's what you need yeah, so epo yeah it's like good for jiu-jitsu but at the same time it's definitely cheating 100 percent. yeah yeah and that's the problem with the the sport as it stands and, and maybe this is a conversation to to explore in, in depth another day i mean on and off the fence about doing a video on it but uh you know i want to do it justice and I'm, i might wait but I think that performance enhancing drugs is a negative for jujitsu, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that it's, it's not against the rules in ADCC. And that's what everyone leverages that it's not against the rules. Why are you complaining? Everyone does it, but we need to ask ourselves, why is it not against the rules? Why are the rules structured this way? It's our sport. We determine what the rules are. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it doesn't. And we, I mean the collective, we, I mean the competitors, the spectators, everyone, everyone involved, the sponsors, everyone involved uh, in the jiu-jitsu community determines what we are and aren't okay with accepting. And for some reason, our sport has become, uh, you know, where the performance enhancing drugs are accepted, welcomed and championed. And if you're, if you talk like I am now, the, the, the response is going to be, why are you bitching? Stop complaining. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you're not taking them. So why do you, why do you give a fuck? Everyone's doing it. Like it's legal, but I just want to push back on that and saying, why, why is it legal? 
Yeah, my perspective has changed over time. I used to be in the in the mindset of like I like watching jacked up dudes fight. You know what I mean? Like it's entertaining. But <laughs> yeah. but then it's it's changed because I really what really actually changed it was thinking would Gordon be the greatest of all time if he wasn't on steroids, mm-hmm. right? And thinking you know if I got a shot at Gordon, it'd be pretty tough to beat him on on steroids. But his natural physique, you know. I would like to see our technique go head to head. You know what I mean? And, and, and us natural fighting each other. I would like to, and if people say, Oh, you know, whatever, but I, I would like, I'm not saying I beat him, but I would like to see what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just curious, right? Yeah. I'm curious to see curious how to test your levels. No, I, I understand that. And yeah, I just think we need, we need bigger names in the sport, particularly those that have competed at ADCC, just talking about it, talking about their experience and talking about like, their their stand on the the whole performance enhancing drugs because there's a trickle down effect. That's exactly. what I'm most like. Like, no, I don't really give a fuck if someone wants to take steroids like at superhuman levels and then go like compete it out at ADCC. I don't yeah. really care. Let's make a a difference between like TRT and a cycle of steroids. Oh yeah, yeah, there's yeah. An enormous difference. Yeah, hundred percent. Like to take and and that that brings up a very good point, Mike. A lot of people um, are hiding behind the label of TRT exactly when they're taking performance enhancing level. Yes. Right. So TRT is a nat- is a medical intervention to help people that seriously need their hormones balanced. Because for those that don't know, the symptoms of low testosterone for men is debilitating. It is fucking dog shit. Like I'm talking muscle loss, depression, like uh, c- trouble controlling their weight, mood swings. Like they're-, they're I had an arrhythmia. Yeah. My yeah. There arrhythmia you go. has- gone away since I've been but on TRT. I think yeah. the thing is, yeah, I think for people that need it, they need it. But I think yep. the problem is, or it, you can say it's a problem or not, is that people that don't need it, that is the problem. It. That exactly. is the problem. Yeah. yeah. And then they're hiding behind the label exactly. of, I'm not going to name any names, but I know guys that are taking like huge levels of performance enhancing drugs in the form of testosterone and others that are saying they're on TRT because yeah. TRT is rightly so an accepted part of society an accepted yeah. part you know, it's it's a modern intervention for a, a medical condition that needs treatment, right? But if you're taking performance enhancing drugs at 25, are you on TRT or are you juicing, bro? Exactly. Yeah. It's called a like sports TRT kind of, you know, it's, you yeah, don't need yeah. it, but you want to it's, it's straight up not TRT. Yeah. So the problem I have is the trickle down effect. If, if the guys at the top level, like Gordon Ryan, how many kids look up to Gordon Ryan? Yeah. yeah. Right. There would be thousands and thousands of jujitsu or even just young people look up to the man because he's the best in the world. He's done amazing things. He's done incredible things. And a small percentage of those people that look up to him that want to emulate him are going to take performance enhancing drugs when they otherwise wouldn't have. I agree. Yeah. And I think that's such a problem because I think these people in these role model situations should be role models, right? Mm-hmm. Because if like you can't always choose like how people view you, but they yeah. do view you as a role model. I feel like you have a responsibility, which is one reason I do feel kind of like, you know, shitty talking about like what we were talking about earlier, you know, smoking weed and having issues with that only because I do think people, some people view me as a role model. So I kind of felt a little bit like a fraud too. Like, you know, my life's all fucked up. Like, you know, my head's all fucked up and you know, I'm trying to like help other people and give them advice and stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. so I think, I think it's a similar situation, right? I think, I think you, you hit a spot on where people, there's going to be people that do steroids because Gordon is on steroids. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree with that. And that's just sad, yeah. you know? It's just sad that they're going to alter their body like that just, you know, because they're influenced by that. Or even young people that want to compete. Like yeah. the the modern joke, particularly as, you know, we're getting older, is how young the 
current world champions are. Like you have current world champions or ADCC champions that are like 17, 18, 19. Yeah. It's crazy. And they're getting younger and the, the talent because the, the sport is growing and they've had obviously more time with modern jujitsu so that young kids through their whole lives have had access to all this information, this instructional, this high-level jujitsu, standing on the shoulder of giants, etc. How many of those young guys that want to make something in the competitive jujitsu scene are going to take performance enhancing drugs because they know, particularly depending on their weight class, that they have to to be competitive. Yeah. Exactly. So you can just close the door quick. I think people are coming. But no, I agree 100%. Hey. And I also think like, um, you know, not only even just his like steroid use is kind of like, you know, in, impactful for people, but some of the shit he says and the way he conducts himself, I think it's just like kind of not cool in my opinion because, mm-hmm. you know, Gordon said this, so I'm not like spreading this information. I like he commented, um, he replied to Herbo Santos uh, Instagram story once. It was a story of his daughter and he wrote nice ass on it mm-hmm. and he, uh, you know, screen captured it like, uh, Herbert, Herbert did it and posted it. And like, I'm not one for cancel culture and I don't, not only like should be canceled, but I also feel like people just forgot about it as if it's nothing, you know, that's like a really despicable thing to do. And that's not the only thing he's done. He's done a lot of messed up things, but these like, you know, lower belt, younger people, especially just idolize him so much. And like, they don't realize that, um, you know, he's not someone you really should idolize. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sticky situation where, um, with guys like that, that, you know, in the the public eye, it's it's on the one hand, you know, you could argue they didn't ask for it, they didn't want to, you know, they're just living their lives, yada yada. But on the other hand, like you pointed out before, Jordan, well, you may not have asked for it, but now you you are in the public eye. In in some sense, you could argue that you have some level of responsibility to those that do look up to you because exactly. you are in that role model role model position, but. Yeah, it is It is a tricky one. Yeah, I mean, he's the most famous jiu athlete in the world, yep. right? And he's the one that's kind of carrying the torch, you know, making it a popular sport, right? And, and he I, has, he has. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem is through the shit talking, he has made it bigger, unfortunately. Yeah. Like yeah. through the uh, amount of shit talking, particularly him versus Penna or now him versus B-Team, it's it, the shit storm around. Even John Jones commented, on uh, Twitter, I think recently that he loves the the drama between uh, Nicky Rod and and Gordon Ryan because it makes for great matches. Yeah, and yeah. that is true. It, it, there's no doubting it. More there's, drama, more eyes, more eyes, yeah. more money. But my, exactly. right? my yeah. argument would be that there's like other ways of shit talking. You know, because yeah. I agree. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I think, for example, like Conor McGregor back in the day was so funny the way he shit talked, and he turned into an idiot. Hundred yeah, percent. He got off the razz bit. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I'm not like praising the current Conor, but like back in the day, if you if you were around when he was coming up, mm. he was uh like, he was humble at the time, mm. but still very confident, mm. and he would just say the funniest shit yeah. and shit talking, right? <laughs> He wasn't telling, you know, talking Kyle about Sonnen is a master at it. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Neither one of them were like talking about other people's daughters that are six years old saying yeah. they got nice asses. Right. Yeah. And, and just, just in general, the kind of shit talk he does. So like, I think that, you know, maybe he's not cl- as clever as, as Connor was. And Connor's not clever anymore. He doesn't come with anything that's funny. Say he's our sports heel. Yeah, I would say so. Who, yeah. Who's the baby face then in wrestling terms? Who's the, who's the probably, uh, Greg, 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 Greg Jones. Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's a lovable character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's definitely the lovable one. Uh, yeah, like Craig. One hundred percent, Craig for sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, you, you've you talked to Craig. Have you met him in real life too? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Him, yeah, yeah. He seems yeah. like a, a nice guy. He's way like in person, on, on camera for whatever reason. He doesn't look as big as he is, but he's a fucking big human. 
He looks big. He's a yeah, big man. Me, like, yeah. he, he fucking towers over me. Makes me look tiny. How much does he weigh? Like two, two ten? You think? Yeah, I'd say at least. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's a big dude. He's like six foot two, I think, uh, and about two ten. And yeah, I haven't I haven't gone to roll with him though. So yeah, yeah. I, I would like to. And again, I hope people don't misinterpret what I said about Gordon saying. Oh, I just I would just like to experience. I would like to just see how the roll goes. Not saying I beat him. Same what about Craig. you rolling, Jordan? Uh, yeah, Jordan. E- either one. I would like to roll both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But both of them off steroids because I'm not saying Craig's on steroids, but he did admit to be on TRT yeah. and like um, which is fine. But like, but who knows what levels he he's on? Yeah, well. he could be trolling yeah. saying that as well. Yeah, he maybe you're wrong. Saying. Yeah. yeah, well, no, he, but on Instagram too, someone said about talking about him being natty. He said, I'm not natty. Yeah. So there's two confirmed times. He said he's not natty. And then on the podcast, he said he's on TRT, yeah. which again, maybe it's just TRT. Maybe he actually needs it or maybe whatever. Everyone else on it, he has to do what he's got to do, a professional athlete. Maybe. But I would like, again, I would like to roll with him completely natural. He was a smaller dude back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. He's put on a lot of, uh, a lot of size in the last like five years or so. You look at old photos of him when he was first training under Lachlan Giles. Yeah, he was uh in a lot lighter uh, weight class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny seeing old old photos of Craig. So little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was when uh, uh, Lachlan and Lib Giles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's been like an hour and twenty minutes. I get home to Nikki. So um, yeah, thanks for sticking around at the end of the podcast. If you're still here, please leave a comment or fist bump. And we'll see you next time.